Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Praise you. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. We uh, have a special uh, guest speaker here this morning. I'm looking around for him. Uh, he's, he's over in the darkness. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the light here. So anyway, great friend of mine, uh, and, and most of you, a lot of you know him. He's preached in this church for, gosh, close to 40 years, and so a lot of you know him. Uh, he uh, has probably been the greatest influence on my life from the time, the night that I got saved, and he wow. prayed with me through the years as a, a young believer. He told me uh, after I started feeling called to preach that if I'm going to preach, I probably ought to read more. Great piece of advice and kind of uh, began to build myself up. And then after I went out to pastor and was struggling and didn't know if I was going to make it, it was those phone calls uh, to Ron that would uh, keep my head partially above water. And uh, through the years, just been a uh, tremendous influence on my life, and much of who I am as a Christian is directly responsible to Ron. And wow. so, for good or for bad, <laughs> no, yeah, it, he, is a, he is a great friend, has been a great influence on my life, our lives as a congregation, and he's here today. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Praise God. Well, thank you for that, man. Hallelujah. I think he's my friend. What do you think? You know, it's hard to tell sometimes. Praise God. Well, it is great to be here. Uh, and if you do like what we say, we only have a couple of these left in my newest book, but they're pretty well sold out. But there are in, outside, and uh, they'll really help you. How's that? They'll really help you. Anybody need help? A book will probably do about as much good for you as anything can. Hallelujah. So... What an honor to be here, uh, and I'm going to speak on something I'm a, I'm a, a little iffy on uh, because it's too close to the bone in a sense, but we're family, right? Amen. Uh, my wife is from here. I stole her out of this church, praise God. Best thing I've ever stolen in all my life, and uh, uh, so I love this church, uh, John, Harry, Alec are some of my closest friends. And I want to talk to you about prophecy. Is that all right? It's kind of just be as a kind of a whole thing to use it anyway to, to raise the level of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody here need the Holy Spirit more of the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm, I'm hopefully going to share something with you that can change. And for me, prophecy has been a big <laughs> influence in my life, both good and bad. Amen. You know what I mean? Uh, it scares me. Does anybody else get scared a little of prophesying? Amen. We're, we're going to probably talk a little about that. Amen. But yet I also have wanted it. I remember I had been fasting for 10 days. And I want to tell you, a guy my size, 10 days is like 20 for some of you skinny people. And, uh, and so I'd been fasting for the gift of prophecy. And this uh, guy had just come into the church He'd only been saved one day, and uh, you may watch him on TV, Larry Huck. Larry never's done anything the way anybody else would. 
It's, it's always just been an explosion of God. So here I am sitting there, 10 days, haven't eaten a thing, begging for prophecy. And this new convert comes in. I think he brought two girls with him. That's unfair to begin with. I couldn't get one. He had two. And, and anyway, think on that. <laughs> and I'll never forget as long as I live. He's at the altar. He throws his head back. He begins to blow like a... Thus saith the Lord. That was the closest I've ever come to backsliding. <laughs> I'm saying, God, you are not fair. Amen. He's done nothing, and he has the gift, and I don't. But I, looking back, kind of understand sometimes why that can be. Because I think that if we're not careful, we're almost afraid to move in the Spirit. That we're, I know people, good people, that are so afraid of disappointing or failing God that they just won't almost do anything. Amen. Can you relate? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Amen this morning. And, and so this becomes a major block, I think, to our spiritual walk and to our maturing, especially because in the Old Testament, they say if you prophesy and you're wrong, they stone you. <laughs> well, as, as Alec and Cindy can tell you, it's almost guaranteed Uncle Ron Ron's going to do something wrong. So, so it would be like a, being a walking dead man for me to prophesy knowing that I'm going to get stoned. But I want you to think this morning, I think the New Testament and the Old Testament are completely, they're, they're related, but the Old Testament's a shadow of the New Testament. And New Testament prophecy this morning is not something you get stoned for. It's not something you have to be perfect at. It's something that is, is to anoint you and to allow you to be effective in your walk and in your Christian life. So let's think about this a little bit this morning. Amen. Uh, uh, because I, I think this can maybe revolutionize some people's life. Anybody here need to be revolutionized? Well, listen with me and see if this doesn't help you, amen, and change something. I think that one of the things God is doing is he's, he's releasing, freeing, that he's not locking us down. He's not trying to bring us to a fear place, but to a place of liberation, and to a praise of freedom. I think that what is happening in the world over the last especially two, three hundred years has been that the seeds of the gospel that have been spreading through the world and the more and more of us opening ourselves to the Word of God has brought a greater liberty than has ever been experienced in human history. And so why is it that so many Christians don't see it? Because I think if we're not careful, we, we stay... We stay functioning in the flesh. Amen. And we don't want to, but we're so comfortable. I understand the flesh. I understand willpower. I understand law. I understand these kinds of things. And yet the spirit can be very confusing, mysterious even. That it almost is doing something that is going to set you up for a problem. And I think that the majority of Christians... Never find the freedom of the Spirit that God wants them to have. Right. Amen. I, if, if I were to be honest, I think I can be honest here. 
I would encourage you almost to fail this week. Uh, to quit worrying so much about what happened. Pray for somebody that you know is not going to get healed. <laughs> Just take a chance. Wing it. Amen. I think it's your best chance for a miracle in some ways. Amen. I, I think even with prophecy, I think of a friend of mine. I won't name him, but uh, Alec knows who I, I'll be talking about. Amen. That he moved into gifts, but he, he was almost guaranteed to be wrong. Amen. And, and I'm not saying don't be stupid, but be freer. I remember one time he called, went to call a woman out. He said, you're pregnant. She goes, no, I'm not even married. And, and, uh, and, and my buddy, he goes, well, somebody in that area is pregnant. I mean, he's just winging it. He's just taking a chance. But you know what? That is the guy that prophesied on a 13-year-old boy at a church service and told him he was called. And today, he's the most powerful man that I know with over a million followers because he did something. Hey, man, look at the person next to you and say, do something. Do something. Pray for someone. Amen. Encourage someone. So anyway, think, think about this a little more with me. There's something that's happening in the day that we're a part of that, <coughs> that is revolutionizing. And it's simply this, that we are, what God is doing is connecting his believers more and more to the word of God. That something is happening that is liberating because this is what, what Jesus died on the cross to allow. To send the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can get inside of you, and it is inside of you. If you're saved this morning, you have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the level of that Holy Spirit is dependent upon your surrender, on your obedience, your willingness to partner with what God is doing. 500 years ago, Luther said, here I stand and he meant that he stood on the Word of God, the Bible. And up until that time, the church was waffling. They didn't have a foundation that was able to take it to the full place, but that was called the Reformation. And it literally has changed everything in Christianity. Luther discovered the belief of the priesthood of the believer, and it's simply this, that God will speak to you. Amen. God spoke to you today. Amen. He, he may have, and you haven't even recognized it. Hopefully it'll happen this morning in this sermon and message. And Christians begin to want their kids to learn to read so they can read the Bible and God could speak to their children. Amen. And God is speaking today in a way he never has. Holiness. People believe that they could be forgiven, but I want to challenge you to believe that you can be delivered. And you don't have to be trapped in sin. And you don't have to be addicted you don't have to be broken. And it was in the 1700s. And every revival since then has been when God's people connect to the words and the promise that tells them that they can be free. Salvation. You know, before 1700s, people agonized over how you knew you were a Christian because they didn't believe. But it was the Wesley brothers especially that, that we have no problem this morning. We'll give an altar call. And we have no problem believing that we can bring you to the front, pray a simple prayer, and you'll get saved. That is so radical. That is so radical in many ways. And yet it's faith in action. And in the 1900s, the Holy Spirit began to come alive in the church. Pentecost 
begin to break out. And basically the gifts, prophecy, tongues, healing, begin to come back into the church. How many here have been healed? Amen. Amen. Look at all these hands. How many have experienced a miracle? Amen. In your life. That's so insane. But it's simply this, taking God's promise and activating it in your life. Well, I want to challenge you to believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, maybe in a greater way than you've ever imagined. Amen. And you're equipped to be a world changer. We have no problem, most of us, believing the negative. So I could read to you 2 Timothy 3, and it's in the last days, perilous times will come, and people will be lovers of pleasure. And, and I, I, I don't know a Christian that wouldn't say, that's today. That's happening. But listen to this scripture. It says in Acts 2, 17 and 18, it shall come to pass in the last days. Are we in the last days? It says, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall, what? Prophesy. So, I think that... Prophecy is available. Amen. See, we don't realize how radical that scripture is. For almost up until maybe 200 years ago, women had no part in the Old or the New Testament movings. But it's in the last days, he goes and breaks all of that and says there's going to be a freedom that has never been there before. And God's going to pour out his spirit on men and women. But not only that, it's going to be a spiritual inundation that's coming. I believe we are either in it or on the edge of a spiritual breakout. How many believe with me? Does Kingman need a spiritual breakout? Amen. I don't think God is going to go backward. I think we're going to go forward. (coughs) And I think it has something to do maybe with this idea of prophecy. With prophecy. Prophecy's played a big part, right? It was Hal Lindsey's book, Like Great Planet Earth, that the, the, the idea of biblical prophecy, I began to see on the newspapers, Bible things that were happening, and it's why I got saved. But it was especially Don McCamish, who was uh, part of the staff here for many years. And Don McCamish came, and he, uh, I'd been saved, I think, two months when he came and preached a revival. There were probably 12 of us in church, and, and he called me out. The young man, stand up, he says. And I stand, I don't even know what's going on. We, at Baptist, we never did those kind of things. And he says, stand up, and he says, God picked you before creation. Well, that is, was insane thought, <laughs> that God had picked me, and yet it's in the Bible, and I begin to see it. He said, God's going to use you to stand before thousands of people this year, well, there were 12 people in the church. I had gotten saved, amen, just two weeks before. And yet that year I stood three times before over a thousand people. Amen. And it began to open me up to something God was going to do. But probably the most radical thing is a young kid, Diga Hernandez. He's a great preacher and teacher. And uh, he was 19 years old. He said, And he calls me and he says, I want to bring you to California. 
He said, I'm going to get 600 young people together. Well, that was insane in itself. And yet he did. And he said, I want you to teach on prophecy. And I remember telling Diga, there's only one problem, Diga. I don't prophesy. Anybody see the problem in that? And then he, I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, you're the best prophet I know. And I, I said, you're crazy. And then he began to explain what I'm going to try to talk. He, he began to, what, what I considered just prayer almost, encouragement. He began to tell stories of people that had changed the course of their life, miracles that had happened. And I had to relook at my life and realize that God was much more active than I realized. And me, and me and Alec and John are part of a group that today, fivefold, where we get together and activate the gifts in pastors and preachers. And it's beginning to come. And I believe that there's something here that can help us so much. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So what are we saying? Look at 1 Corinthians, or just listen if you do, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. It says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. <clears throat> but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, comfort. Amen. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesieth edifies the church. I would that you all, now notice that, it says, he says, I would that you all would speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying couple of things in this that are just so powerful that can really, can, can really help us. Uh, he says, when you speak in tongues, and, and I, <coughs> I could have just as easily preached this morning on speaking in tongues, because I believe everybody here can have the gift of speaking in tongues. Amen. 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 Now, probably many of you don't. Why don't you? Because you don't. Think on that. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's because we're comfortable, I think, sometimes in the flesh. We're comfortable in what we understand and what we know. And it, and it, and it scares us to move towards the Spirit. And he says, but this, and one of the things I would encourage you to look into it if you don't have it, is it's how you build yourself up. Does anybody need to build himself up in, the, in their spiritual life? That that's what the tongues do. But, but listen, what does he say? He says, that's great, but that's not what I want. And I think this is the problem. <clears throat> if we're not careful, we function from our reason and not from the Spirit. And so we, it makes sense for us to do what benefits me. And I can live my whole Christian life by just doing what helps me. But he said, there's a spiritual shift there's something that some of you need to pray about and maybe where you're missing that deeper connection to the kingdom of God and to what God is, is you're still too self-oriented and not oriented enough about others. 
Look at this. He says, I really want you to prophesy. Why? Because that's going to build a church. <laughs> that's a wild thought when you think about it. That, that one of the things that God's called you to do is to build this church. Amen. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you're called to build this church. <laughs> and how can I do that? Well, it, it says here, by what? Edification. What is edification? Just build up. Just strengthen. Encourage. Well, and that's, that's another one. Exhortation to push. You don't push too hard. We're not out to, to be giving out guilt and condemnation. But how many know someone that needs a push? They need a spiritual push. They need to be here this morning. Amen. And maybe they're not. Then <clears throat> prophecy can be just as simple as me allowing God to speak to me to speak to them. And to allow God to use my life, my voice, to change their direction. Or comfort. Who thinks of comfort as a powerful spiritual gift? Amen. I, I think that too many times we miss opportunities for the kingdom. When we're at work or school or wherever we're at, and somebody's hurting and we just sort of walk away. When I'm challenging you to begin to think, you are equipped to handle almost any spiritual dilemma. That if people are sick, you could pray for them to be healed. That when people are lost, you can help them to find Christ. Am I making, wave at me if I'm making sense a little bit. Amen. Because I'm telling you, I think this could be <coughs> a key to revival in the last days. To God's people beginning to come. That's basically what Alec was saying when he introduced me. And he said that I helped him. How did I help him? I just encouraged him. I encouraged him at times when he was battling and spoke. And I believe the Holy Spirit did that inside of me. Amen? And so this is such a powerful thing if we begin to do it. I think it's the heart of faith. I'll even push it a little farther. I, I believe in spiritual guessing. You say, well, I'm not sure whether I have this or not. Well, try it out. Amen. You'll find out. Want to find out whether you can sing or not? Sing. <laughs> Somebody will tell you to shut up if you can't. <laughs> and, and hear me, it's very important to understand this. I'm not trying to encourage you to, to be a prophet like an Old Testament prophet. There are those, but that's an office. That's not the gift. This is very simple. It's very, very basic. It doesn't go beyond edification, exhortation, and comfort. You can't hurt anybody if you comfort them. You can't hurt anybody if you build them up. Amen. You, you can't be someone that will be destructive if you keep it at a very basic level. But you could change their whole life. And you could, without knowing it, be a turning point in their spiritual growth and development. Amen. And God, shake you. Because most of the things in my life have happened because I took a chance. Amen. I remember I've told the stories, but they're central to my message. I'd only been to this church in Flagstaff three times. Amen. 
And, and I hated it the first two times. <clears throat> but I felt God wanted me to go there. And so I went and I told the pastor the third time I met church, catch it, third time, I'm, I, I told him, I said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Well, I was a teacher. I taught Flagstaff Public Schools. I have a master's degree in history. It's pretty obvious what I should do, isn't it? But he looks at me and he says, okay, you're the song leader. I said, what? I can't lead. Nobody would ever asked me to sing. I was in the choir and they never handed me a mic. <laughs> and I'll never forget, he looked at me and he said, I thought you said you'd do whatever I asked you to do. Yeah. So I led songs that night. It was not pretty. My future wife was in the nursery and they, they had a little speaker that all she could hear was me singing. And she came out at the end of the service, she was laughing and crying at the same time. And I'll never get Came to me and said, you are horrible, you have the worst voice. But I worked at it. And I just trusted that if my pastor said I had the gift, I must have the gift. And we became a pretty good song leader. Amen. I want to challenge some of you to, to do, again, this is a little edgy, but spiritual lying. Spiritual lying. My wife does it all the time. When I ask my wife, how did, I, how did that sermon go? I don't want her to tell me the truth. I want her to lie to me. I'll probably talk to her this afternoon and she'll probably say something like, I know you were looking awful sexy up there this morning. That none of those women hit on you. Well, in all honesty, that has not been a big problem in my life. <laughs> but, but I tell Susie, lie to me, baby. Lie to me. Amen. And I, and I want to tell you, quit letting your emotions, your past, your negative attitudes cause you to not hear the Holy Spirit. Amen. Am I talking to anybody? If I'm talking to you, raise your hand. Would you just raise, look at this. This is many of us because, again, I think this is maybe one of the most important issues that we can, and this is a powerful, spirit-driven church. Harry and Alec and John are two, three of the most prophetic and gifted men I know. I know the heart of your pastor, Pastor Poole, is to drive this thing into the very center of the will of God for the last days. Amen. And, and there is this, this percolating, I feel this morning, of the Holy Spirit that is powerful and is part of destiny and that God has chosen you and brought you because He wants to use you. Am I talking to anybody? Do you hear me? When I, when I say this, because it doesn't take a lot of us, it just takes a few. But we can activate something that can revolutionize. I challenge us, as I close this morning, to raise the level of the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. Raise the level of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it's, I believe it is a choice. I believe that Christ died I never could get saved. You know why? Because I never believe. And it was a guy <laughs> that came on a mission to get me saved. Amen. Randy Miller. 
And we were having coffee, and he asked me, why don't you live for God? I said, it doesn't work for me, Randy. And I'll never forget, he looks at me, he says, you're a liar. I said, what? I'm not a liar. He said, you're a liar. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin, and your sin's not big enough to keep him from forgiving you. And that night, I did what? I began to believe. And I began to move toward what the Bible says not what my emotions, not what my friends say. That's faith. Who here would say, I need to move toward faith? I need to move towards faith. I mean, it's literally that simple. And begin to activate and take the promises for yourself. It's a choice. You can change everything. <laughs> Try to illustrate. We, we, in Flagstaff, we were... Uh, evangelizing, and yet the, the police were arresting us when we went out on the street. And we were preaching outside Shaky Drake's uh, college bar, and all of a sudden police cars are coming from everywhere. Well, I was a school teacher. You know what? It's not really good to make the front page teacher arrested. So I told a friend of mine that was there next to me, Lynn, who was managing a car dealership, and involved with them, I said, we got to get out of here, man, and we're going to get arrested. Catch the picture. And so we're leaving. Guess what? They didn't arrest the people preaching. They arrested me and Lynn. <laughs> I found myself being thrown into the Flagstaff County Jail. Now, I should have gone to jail a thousand times, but I'd never been arrested until I became a Christian. And when they took me in, they strip-searched me. Yeah, no, they shined lights that never had seen the light before. And I think they thought I was sneaking a track in, in some... <laughs> I won't go into detail. Anyway, yeah, some of you, some of you catch the picture. And then, I'll never forget, they take me and Lynn, and they had two, they had two drunk tanks, one for the Navajos and one for the white guys. Well, they didn't put us in with the white guys. They put us in with the Navajos because they wanted us to get beat up. And, and, and I'll never forget, one of the cops looks at me and he goes, now, preach at these guys. Well, that's all I needed. That was a word from God. I looked at Lynn. I said, you know what we got to do? He said, no, I, I don't want. I said, Paul and Silas sang when they were thrown in jail. So... We started to sing Amazing Grace. Amen. You know what? Even I sound fairly good in a drunk tank. It's got resonance. It echoes. It's... Amen. You could record an album in there. We're singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And all of a sudden, this drunk Indian and this drunk Indian start crawling over. And they're starting to pray. And we're praying for them to get saved. And they threw me out of the county jail because we were having revival. <laughs> and they said we were causing trouble. You know, I could have panicked. I could have just hidden in a corner. I could have done nothing. But you know what? I just simply believe that I am equipped. You're equipped. You're equipped this morning to change Kingman. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Amen. Before we pray for this activation 
Let me do, ask this. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Christ. You're not saved. How do you get saved? You know what? You just simply accept that Jesus died for your sin. And you pray a prayer, a simple prayer that we're going to pray in just a second. And then you just begin to walk out of this building in obedience to what the Word of God says. It's a miracle. It will happen. If you do it with your heart, it'll change. Is there anybody here this morning that says, I'm not saved, but I need to get saved? You'd raise your hand. You'd put it up and put it down. You'd say, pray with me, Pastor. Amen. Or you're backslidden. You've drifted away. You need to come back. You'd lift your hand. You'd put it up. And we would love to pray with you and pray for something, a breakthrough that would happen. Amen. Well, then let me change the call. While we're here, what we preached on is activating the Holy Spirit. I'm literally, hear me this morning, telling you, look as you go out into Kingman today. Look for opportunities that God may design to use you. For a waitress that needs, amen, prayer. For someone that's hurting, that you can encourage. Amen. Don't be afraid to speak a word of encouragement and comfort to a friend, to someone that's there. And activate. How many would say, I need to raise the level of the Holy Spirit in my life? You'd raise your hand. You'd raise your hand as a point of contact. Amen. And why don't you pray this prayer? Why don't we pray this prayer together? Lord, come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you died on the cross to free us from sin, but to equip us to change the world. We receive a fresh anointing. God, we will prophesy. We will pray for the sick. We will pray for the lost. We receive right now your anointing and power. Begin to thank the Lord just in your own way. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We praise you for what it is. Let me close with this. Amen, as pastor is coming. What am I saying? Simply act like God's going to use you. Simply believe. What's the worst that will happen? Pray for somebody that's sick. You leave fingerprints on them. You've still encouraged or comforted. But once in a while, we step into the phone booth of faith and out comes something. But I'm telling you, and some of you feel it this morning, literally, you can be a lightning rod of the Spirit in people's lives. This is what the church and how the church is built. Not by us just coming and building ourselves up here, but us beginning to activate the gifts that allow us to build the church. Amen? Amen. Pastor. Praise God. Wasn't that good? We're going to release you with the blessing of God. Our prayer team is going to be up here in the front. If you'd like personal prayer, they'll be here to uh, help you and pray over you and believe God. Amen. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.